uh, I want to remind you, and I, I wrote about this in our devotional app that we were using, and we, Chad touched on it this morning <laughs> during uh, our team huddle, but I want to remind you, and I think Jen posted a video about it, but I just love that scripture that we came across in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, and, and um, you know, during prayer this morning, we were praying about, like, you know, God working and moving in our lives, and and somebody asked this morning, you know, do you see those mountains in your life move yet? And I want to encourage you, maybe you haven't seen the mountains in your life move yet the way that you were hoping or desiring to see them to. I want you to hang on a little longer because in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, the Lord Jesus himself shows up to Daniel and he says, from the very first day that you began to pray and fast, your prayers were heard in heaven and I was sent to answer them, but I got stuck on the way here. And I had to fight to get to you. And he said, so here he was. He shows up on day 24. Daniel's prayer and fasting time is three weeks. His 21 days of prayer and fasting had ended. And then three days later, the Lord Jesus shows up and says, here I am, the answer to your prayer. You know, if you didn't see your prayer get answered the way that you desired to see it get answered during these three weeks, that's okay. That doesn't mean that God didn't hear you. It doesn't mean that God's not at work. It doesn't mean that he's not moving in your life. You just keep your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus. Continue to watch him, put your faith in him, put your hope, and watch and see what he's going to do because the Lord is going to work in your life and you will see see those mountains move in your life in Jesus name did anybody see any mountains move in their life during the last three weeks God is good we serve a good God who loves us and cares for us and has his thoughts turned towards you amen let's pray together father we thank you for today God we thank you for what you've said to us already and what you're going to continue to say to us God, I just thank you right now that you are putting your words in my heart and my mouth, that I say only the things that you want me to say, that every other thought that is not of you, I ask you to remove it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you are opening our ears and our eyes to receive your word, to hear what you're saying, to see new truth and revelation as we look in the word of God today together. Father, may we leave this place completely transformed and changed by your presence and your goodness. In the precious name of Jesus, we all said, amen. Mm, amen. Hey, I want to remind you of something. I want to remind you of something. Jesus is here. Yeah. Jesus is here. Remember the Jesus chair we talked about? Jesus is here. Jesus is in the room. If you need something in your life, remind yourself that Jesus is here. When you come into contact with Jesus, you don't leave the same. When you encounter Jesus, you are transformed and changed. And he's here today to do something that only he can do. Does anybody need something that only the Lord can do in your life? Yeah, well, he's here today to do that work for you. So I want to encourage you to be in expectation as we look in the word together today. Be in expectation of Jesus working in your life. Put your hope in Jesus as we look in the word together. Say, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? Jesus, what are you wanting to do in me today? Jesus, I am in expectation of you. Come on, guys. He's here. Open your Bibles with me to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 15 is where we're going to go back to. 
last Sunday night, actually, after we came home, we had church, and then um, I think I got home about almost 4 o'clock. By the time I got home on Sunday, it was 4 o'clock, and I was exhausted and um, hung out for a bit. And I think I crashed early because, you know, our Sundays are a long day. We get up early on Sundays, get ready for church and get here early. The worship team is here doing sound check at 7.15. We have team huddle at 7.45. And then there's two services. This is a long day. And then, you know, got home. I went to bed early. But before I went to bed, actually, the Lord took me back because we, we read out of Second Chronicles 15 last week and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20. We looked at all those chapters together. But as uh, before I was going home, the Lord just said, grab your Bible, I want to show you some stuff out of there real quick. And so God actually took me back to 2 Chronicles chapter 15 about Jehoshaphat's dad, Asa, and he talked to me about five hallmarks of our house in this year. And we're going to look at this together. Uh, before we jump into it, um, I, they don't have this scripture, but in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 15 and 16, Jesus gets up and um, he begins to quote Isaiah. And in chapter 15, he says, In the land of Zebulon and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. And um, I want to tell you that I believe that this year is a year that God is wanting to restore. Now listen to me, listen to me as I say this and hear my heart behind it. I believe the Lord is wanting to restore his glory to the church. In the sense where the church has lost its expectation in Jesus it's lost its, its desire to see the Lord work and move in our lives. It has become an institution where we go on Sundays to get our own personal needs met, but we have forgotten about the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. And I believe that, that you know, when Jesus showed up, the Jews were under a time of oppression from the Romans. They were in expectation, always waiting and looking for the Messiah to show up. And Jesus shows up and he says... For those of us who lived in darkness and in the land of shadow, a light has shined. And I believe that this year, let me say it this way, the Lord is wanting to shine his light from the church again. Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so I believe that this year the Lord is wanting to lift up the name of Jesus so that people all around are drawn to his light and to his goodness. And they don't just say, oh, you go to church, but you're the same as me. They go, oh, you go to church, and you've encountered Jesus, and what you have, I need. So we're going to look at this passage of Scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And we're going to look at five hallmarks. Now, this isn't an extensive list. There will be other hallmarks of our house. And you're like, well... All I know of the word Hallmark is those weird movies they make in Abbotsford for Christmas time. <laughs> so are you saying our house is going to be a Hallmark Christmas movie house? No, I'm not. Don't worry about it. And wonder, wonderful chatter. Haven't you been in those Hallmark Christmas movies as well? Of course you have. Both of you. Hallmark movie stars right here. <laughs> Guys, get their autographs after church. When we have a Connect Sunday, ask them all the questions. Have you worked with Candace? Cameron Bure. <laughs> uh, 
five hallmarks of our house. Now, the word hallmark, besides a hallmark Christmas movie, and besides hallmark greeting cards, there's a lot of things of hallmarks. Do we still have hallmark Christmas cards, greeting cards? Is that still a store? Not in Chilliwack, okay. But it's still a store. A hallmark is this. A hallmark is a distinguishing characteristic trait or feature. Uh, a synonym for a hallmark is a fingerprint. A fingerprint. So the Lord is going to do some things in our church, I believe, this year. And there are going to be five fingerprints, five characteristics, five hallmarks of who we are as a body of believer. Not because of anything amazing or spectacular necessarily about us, but because God is wanting to bring his light back to his church to be a light that shines in the darkness, to bring healing and deliverance and wholeness to all who call on his name. Amen? Amen. So 2 Chronicles chapter 15 is where we're going to start looking at here. Jaden, can you uh, start that timer for me, my friend? 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Now, last year we focused a lot on the difference between Jehoshaphat and the mistake that his dad made at the end of his life. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, in verse 2, it does say that Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of Lord his God. And Asa did live a long time and had a long good reign, and he made a mistake at the end of his reign. And we focused on that. But today we're going to focus on the good things that Asa, King Asa, did. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, in verse number uh, 2 is where we're going to start. And it says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Well, let's just start at verse 1 because it's so short and it kind of gives us a running platform to go from. But we don't have it up there, I don't think. Oh, we do? Oh, man. Yeah, it's not on my screen anymore. It's on your screen. I can't see it up there. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1 says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Oded. And he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning home from the battle. And he said, listen to me, Asa. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Then in verse 12, jump with me to verse 12. It says, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all of their heart. Then in verse 15 it says, All in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all their heart. They earnestly sought after God, and they found him, and the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. The first hallmark of our house in this season is going to be that we are going to be a house who uncompromisingly seeks the face and the presence of the Lord. Listen, I saw a video clip, and you will not hear us preach often about what we are against. We will always preach what we are for, because there's a lot of things to be for, and the, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction. We will always preach truth and righteousness, but I'm not going to preach against a lot of things. But I saw a clip earlier this week online somewhere, and it was a church and uh, they were talking, and it was, just a good, it was just a good motivational talk. 
There was nothing about the word of God in it. There was no scripture. It was just, hey, let me motivate you to be a better person in life. Out of context, there's, there was no Bible. We're not going to be that church. I just want to tell you that right from the get-go. We believe every word in this book. All right? I don't believe there's any room for error or margin in here. I don't think that you can look at a scripture and be like, well, maybe that applied 2,000 years ago, but it doesn't apply now. Uh, we believe everything that is in here, and we are going to be a church in this season who uncompromisingly looks into the word of God and does and believes what it says that it is. We are going to be a church that in this season, people will know that if you want to go to a church that looks at the Bible and believes what the Bible says, if you want to go to a church that seeks the presence and pursues the presence of God, they will say, Hope City is the church that you're looking for. <laughs> Seeking God will be a fingerprint, a characteristic, a hallmark of our church. We're not going to be a club. We're not going to be pals who just come and hang around and turn our chairs in circle and, and talk about, you know, what you went through that week. We are a church that is seeking the presence of God. Jen was singing about it in worship. And we, one of the songs we sang today talked about how he inhabits the praises of his people. Come inhabit our praises. We are a church that is going to work hard to seek God's presence in all we do. So if you don't want to be in presence of God, don't come to Hope City Church. <laughs> I'm happy to disappoint you if that's not what you're looking for. If you want a club, go join a club. If you want some pals, go find some pals. But if you want to come in the presence of God, this will be a hallmark, a characteristic. The fingerprint of our church will be a place where people know, I need to get into the presence of God. I know that Hope City Church pursues Jesus Christ. They love to be in his presence. And I know that's what I need, so that's where I'm going to go. So, that's going to be the first hallmark of our house where we uncompromisingly, and I want to focus on that word, uncompromisingly. There is no room for compromise when it comes to Jesus. There is no gray area when it comes to Jesus. We're going to do what he says, when he says, and how he says. When he says jump, we're going to say, sir, yes, sir. All right, the next thing here. In verse 9, it says this. Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin. Hang on a second. There's something else I want to talk about. Something else just caught my attention. In verse 12 and in verse 15, they used the word covenant. They entered into a covenant. To seek the Lord. And all in Judah were happy about this covenant. And I skipped over it, and we talked about this last week, but verse 13 is the verse that says, they agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death. Don't worry. <laughs> We're not going to put anybody to death. 
That word covenant is a serious word. It's not a casual uh, commitment. It's a covenant. When you get married, you make a covenant. You make an agreement between you and in marriage, you and your spouse and the Lord. They entered into a covenant. We're entering into a covenant to seek the Lord uncompromisingly. And I love how it says they were all happy about it. Everybody was happy. Let's enter into a covenant to seek God in a joyful way. So when we come to church, we're just happy to praise the Lord. Can you feel this, the joy rising in church recently as we're worshiping the Lord? Listen, our church is going to be a house of joy. Our church is going to be a house of joy. You want to be depressed? You got to find somewhere else to go. That's right. I mean, like, if you're looking just to be like down, church, church. This is not the house for you. Because you're going to come in here, people are going to be smiling, people are going to be shaking your hand, people are going to be stuffing coffee and donuts and popcorn down your throat. We seem to have a lot of food all the time. It's almost like it's biblical. We're a family. But it's going to be a house of joy. That's right. You're going to come into this place? You need joy in your life? Well, guess where you find it? In his presence. And what are we going to be? A house that uncompromisingly seeks his presence. So you can't help but have joy when you're in his presence. You can't help but have healing when you're in his presence. You can't help but have healing and deliverance and restoration when you're in his presence. Hey, and guess what? He's here today. Just in case you forgot, he's here in this room right now. So, verse 9. It says, then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For many from Israel had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. For many from Israel had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with them. The second thing I want to tell you about this, this season, our house is going to be a house where we see the Lord is with us through a miraculous signs and wonders. Look at, hold your place here and go with me to Mark chapter 16. This is what we call the Great Commission. But Jesus says in this portion of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18, he says this. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anybody who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs, everybody say miraculous signs, will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. This is what Jesus said. His last words before he went to heaven. I'm here talking to you guys. I'm getting ready to float up into heaven. The angels are coming to get me. Take me home. You're not going to see me in earthly form anymore. Before I go, this is what I want to say. I want to remind you, go and make disciples of all the nations. And I'm giving you power and authority to continue the work that I was doing here on the earth. 
So in this season, our house is going to be a house where all see the Lord is with us through signs and wonders. I believe in my heart that we're going to be a house where people come and be set free. Where people come and are supernaturally healed. Where addictions are broken off in the name of Jesus. Where relationships are restored in Jesus' name. It ain't business as usual anymore. It's time to get back to the business of the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. It's a new day and age. God's wanting to do something. And we're going to be part of it. So listen. Back in 2 Chronicles. He says... When they saw the Lord God was with them. In verse 9. Many people of Israel had moved to Judah. You need to get ready for some growth in the house as well. Because when people see that God is somewhere, they're going to come to the goodness of God. I was talking to somebody after worship night Wednesday night. He's like, we need to get out on the streets and begin witnessing. I said, yes, we do. Because people need what you have inside of you. People need what you receive here on Sunday mornings. Then you go, you get filled up in the presence of God, and then you leave this place, and you go give away what you received. You need to get ready for growth. You need to begin to say in your mind that people need what I have. It's not just about me. It's not just about me getting my needs filled and met. It's about me receiving from God and then giving away what I have. So you need to begin to flip in a switch in your head. Begin expecting to see new people at church. Begin expecting to see people being set free. Begin expecting to see God work in people's lives, doing something that only he can do. Not that it's something that's like completely out of the blue, but you expect it every service. Every time we gather, reminding yourself that Jesus is here in the house right now with us. And when Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. Okay, 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 okay. Let's keep going. So, a house that is uncompromisingly seeking God. A house where all see the Lord is with us through signs and wonders. The next thing we see here is on verse 11, it says, On that day they sacrificed. Now, this is, this is after the word of the Lord came. and this, I'm, I'm kind of taking this progression of passage out of Scripture or out of, out of its natural context, but like order. But it says in verse 11, it says, On that day they sacrificed to the Lord 700 cattle, 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had taken in battle. Verse 14 says, They shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with trumpets blaring with ram's horns and ram's horns sounding. We are going to be a house of worship. We're going to be a house of worship because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You don't like to sing? Learn to love it. I got, I got a bad voice. Well, you know what? You're right, but the Lord loves it. He does. He does. He loves your croaky voice. He, he loves you if you're tone deaf. You're, you're not tone deaf, Ella. 
We used to, there was somebody a long, long time ago, and, you know, the tone deaf people are the ones that always sing the loudest. <laughs> like, there's, there's people who can't sing. There's people who can sing. There's people who can, like, they can get a tune along. There's people that cannot sing, and there's people who are tone deaf, which means they just cannot, they don't know where you're at. They don't know the key. They can't match it. And those ones are the ones that love, they love to worship. They love to belt it out at the top of their lungs. And the Lord loves it. The Lord loves the great singers, and he loves the terrible singers. He loves everybody in between. What he loves is you surrendering your heart and worshiping the Lord. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this. In verse 15 of chapter 13 in Hebrews, it says, Therefore, everybody say, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. We are going to be a house of worship. We're going to dedicate ourselves to worship. We're going to dedicate ourselves to creating an atmosphere of praise and worship in this house because God comes in. When you begin to lift up his name, when you begin to exalt the name of Jesus, he inhabits those praises. He comes and fills the presence. He comes and fills the atmosphere with his presence. And that's what we are going to do in this season. I told Jen, at the end of last year, I said, it's time now to begin to step in more to worship. We were watching something on YouTube, some church and some, somewhere else doing something. And I said, you know what? I said, this is great and this is fantastic, but it's time now for us to step in and begin to be who God's called us to be. Let the praises arise. Let the praises arise. Let the praises arise. You know what? Stand up with me right now in the name of Jesus. And let's take 10 seconds to begin to praise Jesus.